Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Fran. She's actually my mom, so we usually don't watch the same shows. Because we don't even like the same shows. Okay, calm down. We're going to give it a try. Well, let's see how it goes. Anyway, let's watch TV. I hope you don't pick anything weird. Mom, just roll with it. Wow, I feel like we haven't recorded in a while. Hi, my son. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I missed you. I missed your sweet little face, you little pumpkin. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. It looks like I was replaced by some pretty special guests there. I want to thank Uncle Ralph and Aunt Ginger for uh, sitting in for me. That was pretty nice of them. Big thanks to the Ralph and the Ginge. Yeah, that was really nice. Let me tell you what. Recording with your sister was magic. She's so easy, isn't she? Recording with your brother <laughs> makes me want to crush Vicodin, <laughs> melt it over a spoon, and put it in an eyedropper and put it into my eye socket. <laughs> well, he just has a lot to say. He has a lot to say, and don't you believe it? People loved him, though. I know. I know. I said, are you going to replace me? I, if I, yeah, I'll replace you if I want to spend my, the rest of my days six feet under. <laughs> Vicodin. But I'll replace you when, it, when I'm ready to take a dirt nap. Now, my family <laughs> says I'm the bossiest. Is that true now? Shit. You know, all my cousins all say you're the bossiest, too. Your co- my nieces and nephews say I'm the bossiest? Yes, but in their defense, they're not as close to Uncle Ralph as I am. So, right. right. So they don't really know right. him. So, yeah, I'm glad to have you back. Oh, before we start, we're going to get into this episode in just a little bit. But before we start, I want to let you guys know that we were struck with genius today. Whoa. And we were hit with this idea. Every episode of Let's Watch TV past Thanksgiving is going to be on the holiday special of some TV show. So if you want us to watch like the holiday special of some TV show, let us know. You know what? Just to throw it in the hat. A holiday movie would be fine, Yay. whatever it is. The way so it's all gonna be holiday shows, holiday movies, holiday this, holiday that. So to put your show or your suggestion into the ringer, you have to become a Patreon member. Patreon members are how we get our suggestions for Let's Watch TV. And it's actually how we keep the podcast going. So for five bucks a month, you can become a Patreon member, get tons of bonus content from Let's Watch TV and social studies and some cool little neat knickknack paddywhack perks along the way. So become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com slash patreon.com slash We love you. Am I allowed to throw in my favorite movie that I make you watch every time you're home during the Christmas holiday? I would say yes, but we really are only going to have like five episodes of holiday stuff. So you really want to waste it on that? Waste it? (laughs) (laughs) It's an awesome movie. (laughs) Been watching it for 20 years or something. (laughs) Man, when I'm there for Thanksgiving, you and Morgan are going to watch it with me. Uh, That sounds great. It's for those of you who don't know, it's the family stone. The family she makes st- us watch it every year. She oh. cries every year. Oh my God. And like I never saw Every time those gays walk out with their brand new babies, she asks me when I'm going to have babies. Like, <laughs> calm down, Patricia. Oh, it's such an awesome, awesome movie. Anyway, today is actually the suggestion came from an awesome Patreon member named Joseph Dombrowski. I picked it. You did. I trumped it because I chose this 
I have been binge watching this show on Netflix on all of the flights that I've been on throughout the tour. And it's called The Movies That Made Us. Yeah. And basically what it is, is it goes behind the scenes of iconic movies. There is there is a Jurassic Park one that was unreal. There was um, Forrest Gump. I didn't watch the Forrest Gump one, yeah. but season one had some good ones in there too. Was oh, there more than one season? Yeah, the what you just watched was season two. Oh, because there's Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Forrest Gump. The one we're going to watch is which don't say it yet. Don't say okay. it yet. Which they probably know because they probably read the description. The one we watched was Pretty Woman. Yeah. Um, and season one has season. They had a holiday one on there too. They did a behind the scenes of Home Alone. Oh, we which have was to do that. So it was so interesting. But the one that I chose for us to watch was Pretty Woman right. because that is such a good movie. It's a like gay icon. That's a gay icon. That movie. But listen, if you're if you are gay and you've never seen Pretty Woman, you might not be gay. Is your dad gay? He is so gay. It's genetic. Not. So got a one of you two is gay. <laughs> that is what that is one of your dad's favorite movies. It's a great movie. And when we get into Patreon, I'm gonna give a little tea on some of the reasons why and what he Dad. Yeah. We'll do that on Patreon. Uh, oh God. Oh God. Okay. Well, uh, let's just start from the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. I was super surprised at how the movie originally, as it was originally written, was very dark. Yeah, it was called 3000. It was a very dark movie about hookers. Uh, who were like taken advantage of and had to deal with death. And my favorite character uh, dies in that one, which is like terrible. But it was originally in a lot darker film, which um, they go back. And so there was this cool too. Who was the, what was the guy's name who wrote it? I forgot. Oh, I have it. I watched this a while ago, actually. I have it written down. Um, I'll come back to it. Okay. Well, he wrote it and he was like pitching it, pitching it, pitching it, pitching it. And it wasn't getting picked up. And then like, finally they got picked up. They're like, we can do this. It just has to be lighter. So they did. J.F. Lawton was his name. Yeah. And what he said he used to do, he used to live on Hollywood Boulevard when it was really a pit. A lot of hookers, bad scene. And he used to hang out at a donut shop, a 24-hour donut shop. And he would just kind of talk to hookers and kind of get their feel in how oh, we yeah, got just, the product. Just going to talk to them. Yeah. Do a little, what else do you think he did on that No, I, who knows? He looks a little freaky. Research. But he did. <laughs> a, a hooker did tell him a story about how this very rich gentleman took her to Vegas for a week, paid her for the whole week. And that's where the premise of the uh, writing started was with that. Paid her for the whole week, took her to Vegas, yep. and then... But he bounced. Yeah, that was the original script. But like you said, was very dark. You know what I was surprised? Tell me. Uh, was it was a Disney film. Yes, um, I was too. Because it, you know, it was trying to get, they tried to get sold. They went with New Regency. They didn't take it. Uh, they took it. They went bankrupt. Then it went to Touchstone Pictures, which was the first live adult movie division of Disney was right. Touchstone. And I didn't I didn't realize Touchstone was Disney. And Gary Marshall was hired, but he was never did a romantic comedy before. He's a comedy director, so he never did anything romantic. So that well, was, which was funny to be they were like, we're gonna have to like make this movie more family friendly. And then I'm watching yep. the movie and I'm like, and this is what you came up with. <laughs> like this is not family friendly still. Like if a, a movie with that concept would not come out with today as a family movie. Right. 
You know that what too? I thought it was interesting that they always knew they wanted Julia Roberts because they got Unbelievable. her. They saw her from Mystic Pizza. Um, they did, which I haven't seen. Have you seen Mystic never. Pizza? It was in my time, but I never did see it. Yeah, me either. But they did interview a lot of other auditioned a lot of other actresses in that whole realm. Um, they wanted Richard Gere. Richard Gere turned it down the first time because it didn't have a named lead actress in it. And he was big, big at the time with Officer and a Gentleman and all that. So he turned it down. Mm -hmm. So what Gary Marshall was smart enough to do, and I heard this story before, he and Julia flew to New York. Yeah, yeah. He left them sitting in a room talking amongst themselves. And then he called and said, so what's going on? How's it going? And she, he said, are you going to take the part? And Julia slipped him a post-it note and said, please say yes. And he goes, well, uh, I guess I say yes. And it was her charm and in how they got along that made him finally decide he would do it. She was, she's beautiful. So. Mystic Pizza, yes, was probably her first yeah. like real good credit. Right. But this one made her a superstar. That's what the whole thing said. It took an unknown actress and put her into superstardom. And um, it is so well-deserved. Like, honestly, yeah. I love Julia Roberts. I've always loved Julia Roberts. I love her every movie she's ever been. Ben in. Mm -hmm. I've loved. And then they made her the mom in the mu in the movie. God, what's the mo uh not miracle. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's sad. Where the kid has the face deformity. Yeah. I used to read this to my kids every year when I taught fourth grade. How come I can't remember right now? I don't know. Wonder. Oh, I know. Wonder. I never saw it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I either that because I remember Cher played the mom in Mask. in mass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One minute. Let me look this up really quick. Yeah, it's Julia Roberts. She plays the mom. And I remember when I found out, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. And she did amazing. Yeah. Like Julia Roberts, everything she touches is just so good. And she's one of those people that I'm like, God, if I ever meet Julia Roberts, I hope she's as nice as I think she is. And they're supposedly, I mean, she married a photographer. They've been married for 25 years or something. They have kids and they're, and she's just a Midwestern kind of girl who just... I think Midwestern, I could be wrong there, but she just likes being a mom and a wife too. So she seems Truly America's sweetheart. Now, like truly. You know, what was funny too, is to learn that Al Pacino read for the part of Richard Gere. Mm. Oh, that would have never worked. They wanted him to take the part, but he said, nah, this is not my type of movie because he just got done, you know, doing, doing the Scarface, Scarface and, everything. and all that. And he goes, no, this is not my type of movie. So he actually turned it down. I don't think it would have worked with him. No, no. Richard Gere was perfect. And Richard you know, Gere was perfect. You know perfect. how I liked how they talked at the beginning of the show about how controversial the ending was, but they never talked about what it was until the end of the show. But we'll get there later. But uh, Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, before that, I have a little something for you. To put this into perspective with you for how long ago I watched this movie, I watched this in quarantine when I had COVID. You watched this? Wow. Well, yeah, at right. the very beginning of this whole story, they would talk about how dark it was and it had a controversial ending, but they never talked about the controversial ending until the very end. But we'll get there because I thought, wow, that was good, you know. Well, let's just go there now. Well, the controversial ending, nobody died. Nobody died. What happened was the Richard Gere character. Oh, are you talking about what they originally wanted? What they originally wanted in the right. script is Richard Gere threw her out on the street and said, here's $3,000 and took off. And she was crying and she was upset. That's how the movie ended. And she went to Kit and just was crying. And Kit said something about how are we going to spend it? You know, I really never been to Disneyland. And she goes, well, Kit, we're going to Disneyland. That was the end of the script. 
is that they I'm were going so to Enzo's. Glad that didn't happen. Disney bought it and said, "No, that can't happen. <laughs> we got to take that out of there." You know, <laughs> two hookers prancing around <laughs> Disney, <laughs> around around, around, you know? and here they go down Splash Mountain, and up oh, and they're flashing their titties to the camera. Okay, <laughs> there we so go. That, that was actually the the actual ver- uh three. It was the movie's called Three Thousand, and that's how he really ended it. So I thought that was interesting. And it has so many memorable quotes. Oh my God, that's what they talked about. Oh my God, which was uh, which was incredible. Uh-huh, so many. Oh yeah, one of the best quotes that I love from this is, big mistake. Big. <laughs> so good. Again, big. <laughs> right, big mistake, big. Big. Yep. Such out. a good, I, I have heard that and said that so many times and I just reconnected to me and I watched the making of this movie so that good. that's what that's from. So good. So great. You know, and, and uh, Gary Marshall, he was very different in how he directed and uh, and Richard Gere was like, uh, talked to one of the actors said, well, you're in for a ride because this is really weird. He let them do some improv. He would direct them, but said, make that funnier. Do something funny. Do that something with your shoe funny. And they're like looking at him like, where is the lines in this script? You know, it didn't go the way that these actors were used to. And it brought out the best lines and some of the best. And one of them was one of the iconic scenes is when she walks out in her red dress and he has a box with her necklace in it. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't know it. And he's got this gift for her. And he opens the box. She goes to reach in and take it. And he slams down the lid on her finger on her fingers, and she just, oh my God, and she just starts laughing. That was all impromptu. That portion was never written in. Richard Gere just slapped the box down, and it created that whole scene of that. Her laugh is just so contagious, you know? And so they left it in. That laugh, you can just hear it when you think about that oh part God. where she's just like giggling. It's cute. The other iconic stuff in there, I thought, was the costumes, for sure. One of the most, there's two iconic costumes in there. One is the dress when they went to the polo match was the brown dress with the polka dots. That I remember that being recreated. Women were buying that dress. Really? Yeah, because the movie came out in July of 1989, the year you were born. Mm-hmm. And women were buying that dress like crazy. And the costumer talked about how she wanted the color of the dress to be match her hair, her red hair. She needed that color and found but it was brown yeah but yeah and the so the dress was but brown, her hair is red red it was like a brownish it was an auburn brownish color with white polka dots and and that dress was iconic people were wearing it all over the place the other one was the red dress uh people wanted that red dress okay iconic for me is the very first outfit she walks on that oh, two piece that's connected by a little ring in the middle i have wanted to be that for halloween for I 17 years don't kill me because it's going to happen. No. I can't. I'm going to be the prettiest woman, no. actually, in all of the land. Yes, I am. No. And you can just give me $3,000 and tell me to go to Disneyland. Yeah, I'll give you $3,000. i will tell you to go to Disneyland, all right. You're ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that, that those two outfits. And she did talk about how she created that outfit was very important on how that prostitute outfit was created. She talked about that, too. I thought that was really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, what else did you find and interesting? And costuming different shows at the theater really made me appreciate how she... Oh, yeah, she's... I forgot to tell you guys. Fran is an award-winning costumer who can't even sew. That's right. I can't sew. I don't know. And I had <laughs> the best group of women and men who could sew and create patterns and... It was pulling that all together. They were, they were, these women at Gross Point Theater, and I will say it, 
and Richmond Community Theater were phenomenal. So it's a matter of who who you get to work with, you know, that's just awesome. And that is a thing too. Your costuming was, you just spent so much time pulling costumes from other places that you really did all of the hard construction and labor, didn't you? <laughs> no. Well, pulling it and getting it right. I mean, you've got to do it right, you know. This woman was doing these costumes for these community theater shows, waiting for her Tony, let me tell you. Yeah, I tell you what, what is it? Uh, the King and I, I did. It was 132 costumes that had to be either built or, or rented or and fitted. And it was just amazing. Anyway, I love that. I love working with them. Anyway. So Pretty Woman opened in March of 1990, right? That is just crazy. It's so, that seems like yesterday. I know. It made $11 million in the first week. And it was number one for four weeks. And and for 16 weeks, it was in the top 10. And it is currently the highest grossing romantic comedy ever made. Can you believe it? I can, because it was just so, so wonderful. And then they turned it into a musical. You know, I don't know how I've never thought oh, on yeah. stage where they turned I never saw it on stage either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and J.F. Lawton was one of those people who created it as a stage play with Gary Marshall. And then Gary Marshall died before it opened. So now uh, I want to say like there, I love a movie that inspires you to be what you want to be when you grow up. And when I saw this movie for the first time, I knew I wanted to be a prostitute. You know, people are going to believe you when you say shit like that. You mean when I say the truth? Well, it's the hope that... There's any prostitutes out there? I mean, at least you're working and you're not on unemployment. But. <laughs> they lost their jobs in COVID too. I'll bet they did, and couldn't collect unemployment. That's wild. I've said it once. I've said it again. Sex work is work. It is. <laughs> oh no! I mean, gosh. you just so somberly looked at me and bowed your head and goes, "It is." It is. I mean, I I'd love to do a, some research. No, on that. don't enough. Cut. I would cut. Cut. <laughs> don't even finish. Okay, I won't finish. Don't even finish. I don't mean me going out there. No, 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 no. I mean. Enough, enough, okay. enough. I don't mean me. God, no, no, no. I wind up paying people to do that with me. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, the over 80 people. I'll go to nursing homes. <laughs> You're unbelievable. Hey. You're unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, good God. Well, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a great great, show. Great, great show. I loved a lot of them in there, too. There was this. The Jurassic Park one was amazing. The the one about Home Alone. So good. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see that. I'm going to show that with you. I, 10 out of 10, say, check it out. Absolutely. I liked it. So let me ask you this one. Are you going to watch more? Yes. And I'm going to watch this one with Dad. And then I'm sure we're going to watch a couple others. It's on Netflix, by the way. It's on Netflix, by the way, everyone. So y'all need to go over to Netflix and watch the movies that built America. No, the movies that made us. The movies that made America. (laughs) Yes, great. And there we go. Let us know what you think. In life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we love y'all. Thank you for everything. Thank you for peace and blessings. And we'll see you next time on... Let's Watch TV. Let's Watch TV. Too bad your aunts and uncles couldn't get that one right. Bye. Bye.